Kumite Radio is brought to you by Supplement Warfare. Visit their website, supplementwarfare.com.au for the best quality supplements on the planet. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off of all orders. If you're trying to get sexy for the summer, if you're just trying to flex on fools, visit supplementwarfare.com.au for the best supplements in the world. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off and support the podcast. Join me right now on Kumite Radio, coming off a huge win at FMD 16. Javier Trujillo, what's going on, Javi? Not much, John. How you been, brother, dude? Good, I'm just, good, you know, man. Uh, I'm just excited, man. It's been a, been a week after the fight. I'm just happy to be back on the winning side, dude, and and on a spectacular fashion. I feel I thought that was like my best performance yet. You know. Let's talk about the fight. You know, you went. You were going to fight a Muay Thai striker, but then they changed your opponent a week out from the fight. How did you feel about that? Oh, man, dude. I mean. I mean, I mean, we, before we started this, we were just talking about how, like, man, again, you know, uh, I think outside of the fight with Medi and my very first professional fight, everybody's pulled out about a week out or two weeks out. And, 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 and when they told me this last time, it's like, you know, it's like, hey, man, just John gives me a call. Hey, man, I, like, I just want to let you know things are going great. Show's going to be on schedule. But I got some bad news for you. Daniel Kerr pulled out again. He blew out his ankle. I was just like, yeah, damn it, dude. He's like, but don't worry, don't worry. We're gonna find some. We're gonna find somebody. And and uh, you know, uh, Monday I get a call saying, yo, you got uh, this guy named David Graywall from UFC Vietnam. He's gonna take the fight, making his pro debut. And, and I was like, sweet man. Uh, but to be quite honest, like I was telling you, I was a little bit more nervous for this Graywall fight, even though he, on one day's notice or five days notice, you know, he looking at his record and, and his background, he has like probably I think like 14 amateur fights against some really high level guys and he's a purple belt. And I thought he was going to be more of a difficult challenge than Kerr just because Kerr is like a Muay Thai specialist with very little ground game. This guy kind of can do it all. So, uh, you know, you only five days to prep for him. It, it, you know, it, you know, yeah, the, the, the nerves are there, but I, I'm happy I came on top man and, and finished it with a, first round where they could choke you know yeah let's talk about leading up to this fight you know fmd 16 there were many dates being thrown around so you were in camp for an extended period of time tell me about you know the ups and downs of your training yeah this this camp was was a really interesting camp man because yes like i think the last time we talked with the fight was supposed to be september then they pushed it back to august 10th then august 10th became halloween and so I, I, I felt like I've been in like a three-month camp, dude, <laughs> just like 12 weeks preparing for this fight. And all during that, we had some changes on the team, you know, uh, with Tommy Hayden leaving. And, uh, uh, you know, with him leaving as the head coach, that they basically left me in charge of the MMA and jiu-jitsu program as like head coach. And, and me, okay, I'm now the head coach of my own fight camp. And, and I'm also helping uh, our amateur fighter. Uh, making his amateur debut and uh, so it was an interesting interesting camp for me because it's like before you know I was just always fighting you know maybe I was teaching one or two classes a day but that was it and now I, I teach about five days a week 
And then on top of that, doing, doing my own fight camp and then managing somebody else's fight camp, dude, I really had to learn how to time manage and, and, and manage my energy levels, you know, cause I had to be able to provide a good class for all my students and at the same time still have enough uh, energy to put into a, a good training sessions for, for my own fight camps. So it, it was a, it was a really interesting camp for me to like learn how to do all that at the same time, you know, preparing, preparing for a, a comeback fight, you know, coming off a loss. So, you know, with, with that, you know, I mean, I was really sad that, that Tommy had left and, and I mean, you know, especially training with them for like the last two years, you know, it's hard when you have somebody you trust and then they have to move on, you know, but at the same time, something good came out of it. All the guys at elite from the, the Muay Thai program and um, my friend Zidoff Akuma, you know, he took over as like the head, um, like striking coach for, for, for my camp. And um, I reached out to Lee Livingstone with a uh, Bigfoot BJJ who's Shannon and, uh, Shannon and Rika's uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach, and I asked them to also help me out. So it was nice. I, I got a lot of people in the, the, the Bangkok fight community to come together to help me out. And, you know, I think it, it made us a stronger team, and I'm looking forward to 2019, man. We already got calls from people who want to come and train with us next year, establish camps here now. So I'm excited for what we're going to build, you know, the goal – next year is to kind of start rivaling Fairtex and Phuket top team and guys at Tiger and team quest. Like we want to do that for Bangkok. You know, we want to be that destination. We got the facility, we got the trainers, you know, and uh, hopefully, hopefully that's what, what comes out of it, man. All right. Before we get into your future, let's talk about the fight. You go in there, you get a rear naked choke finish late in the first round let's go through, you know, what was going through your mind and your new striking, your new striking that you were showing during that fight. <laughs> yeah, man. So like I said, we were training with Zidoff and, and training with Paul, you know, our boxing coach at elite and, and training with um, Lee, you know, I, I knew coming off that Medi fight that that's where I got, that's where my biggest hole was, was in the, in the standup. And now I'm going to be fighting a really high level Muay Thai fighter the dude fought John Wayne Parr. The dude fought a lot of high-level Thai fighters, and he's game. The guy was tough. So I was like, if, if maybe this guy in, in three months can develop a wicked sprawl, and I got to stand with this guy, I got to give answers to him. And so I spent majority of my time in, this, in the last couple of months just working on my striking, working on, on the clinching, the throwing elbows, getting, getting those knees in. And, uh, man, it, it's – it's awesome. I feel now I feel way more confident in my Muay Thai skills than I've ever had before. You know, out of the six years coming back and forth to Thailand, this I finally feel like it's starting to click, you know, on the feet. And between that and my ground game that I'm developing, I feel eventually I'm going to be untouchable, you know. So let's talk about when the fight actually got to the ground. Did you feel like you were at home again and, and getting that submission? You know, it, yeah, but I was surprised. Like, he did sweep me. He did get up a few times. And, and, and uh, you know, he was game, dude. You know, I got mad respect for him. And, you know, I feel especially now, dude, like in this era of all the shit-talking Conor McGregor stuff and, not like, disrespecting your opponent, I have mad respect for that uh, with David, dude. I think he's, that was his pro debut, and, he, and home, homeboy was game. He didn't back down. 
he was talking shit in the clinch too, you know, when he was throwing knees back, you know, he, the guy can fight. And when we got to the ground, you know, he swept me at one point, you know, he, he, he knew, he knew what was up. So when I finally got in that, that choke, me and, um, me and Lee were actually up at his gym earlier that day, just because you know how like FMD is like when you're in backstage warming up, it's a little mat space in the back of a parking lot and your opponent is standing there right next, you know, right across from you, you know, it's a, it's a trip. So he's like, let's go earlier to my gym and let's go over a few scenarios that I think are going to probably pop up. And that was one of them. You know, I'm going to get stuck in his half guard. I have my Kimura series right there. You know, I, I've been landing a lot of Kimuras during this camp. So he's like, you know, the Kimura will be there but you can also pass in a three quarters mount. And I, and he's like, I guarantee you, he's probably going to give you his back. You throw a couple of punches, it's going to spin. And then you just do what you do. And, you know, he called it. Luckily I had him right in my corner. So I could hear Lee just kind of walking me through the whole process. And yeah, man, within the last minute, get sinking that rear naked choke and just showing everybody that, Hey, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, a lucky fighter. I'm not just like some dude who fights cans or something like that. Like I fought a very game opponent and I've demonstrated that, you know, I can strike, I can, I can, I can wrestle and I can, I can work ground, you know? It's good to see that, uh, that guy, uh, Lee is helping you out a lot, you know, especially during the fight, which is, you know, important. Yeah, man. And, and I, and I, I mean, there's a lot of black belts here in town. And when I knew that I needed somebody, I, I know that I need somebody to still to train under. And when I, when I decide to learn jujitsu under somebody, there's like a few things that I look for. And like one, you have to have been competed at a high level of jujitsu, like at a pan, pan American or pan Asian, whatever, or, or ADCC. And then you've had to have fought and Lee has fought quite a bit in back in his day. And so I'm always more inclined to listen and to follow to somebody who's been through the, been through that themselves, you know, and his process and the way he goes through it, he, he's just a, he's an excellent coach. And I'm, I'm happy to be studying under him to try and pursue to get my black belt. You know, now that I'm living in Thailand full time, you know, I, I, and that's always been a goal of mine as, just as a martial artist, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have him uh, to study under him to get my black belt. Definitely. Um, now, you know, you got Thailand, you're there, like you said, full time. FMD is the only pro show in the country. They only have a show once a year. So you're looking to fight outside the country. You're probably looking around even to Australia, you know, other places in Asia, promotions like Ryzen, maybe in China, Road is there, um, one championship. What do you think? What is in your future? What do you, where would you like to fight? Ideally, man, I would love to fight in Japan. Like uh, lately, I've been seeing I've been seeing more of Risen popping up, obviously with the Mayweather stuff. But man, when I when I got back into this when I was a teenager, all of my favorite fights were in Pride. You know, watching the documentary Choke and Hickson fighting in one of the first Pride fights in Japan, and and watching Rampage. You know, freaking slamming dudes when he's getting triangled and and Shogunna just stomping the crap out of people. I, that that was always my dream. I wa always wanted to fight in Japan. You know, I feel like the, those fans would appreciate me and my style. You know, I'm an exciting fighter. And, and, and uh, you know, like I said, it's just something I've always wanted to check off the, the bucket list, you know. Um, so that would be my first, my first option or my first choice for sure. But, man, I, I, I just want to try and stay active this next year. I mean, I took advantage of this year off. I healed myself up. I, I filled holes in the gaps of my game. But I feel 2019, you know, I would like to make a good run and see how far I can make it in the Asian MMA circuit. 
You know, I mean, I would love to fight for Bellator. I'd love to fight back in the States. But, you know, I feel my base and my following is here. And I would like to keep it here. 2019 is going to be a big year for you. You also have some plans with 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. What are those plans? Yeah, so uh, after the after the fight, I just gave a shout-out to um, the 10th Planet guys. You know, like, like we discussed last time, I, I got to train over at 10th Planet headquarters under uh, Eddie Bravo and his black belts there for about a solid month. And, um, you know, I learned, I felt like my, my jujitsu game grew, grew significantly from that experience. And then um, staying in contact with them after that, while I was still back in Thailand and then um, going to Nathan Orchard's camp and, and, and training with those guys. And then them also helping me out. Like uh, I knew coming into this fight, fighting a, a purple belt that, you know, on the ground is going to be a close match, but I felt knowing the 10th planet system, and, and and having a deep understanding of it, I felt like that's what gave me the advantage on the ground, you know. And I mean, he shoot, he almost threw me in rubber guard and locked down at a certain point, and I could immediately recognize it and nullify it before he could set anything up. So uh, after that, man, they, you know, we we had been in the works and and in the talks about me being uh, the Bangkok uh, affiliate. So hopefully, when uh, uh, Marvin Castell comes here in December to host his Tenth uh, Planet Kotao trip. Uh, from like I think if anybody wants to make it out there in Asia if you really want to step up your jiu-jitsu game I highly recommend you uh, get in contact with me or the 10th Planet Hotel guys to reserve a spot because it's gonna be three days with Marvin Castell Eddie Bravo considers him as one of his top black belts you know and he's going to be doing one of his dark arts camps here and and if you really want to upgrade your no-gi game dude when I was training over at HQ I, I found myself going to his classes the most just because his teaching style and, and his methods just really made sense to me. So, uh, but he's going to be, he's going to be out here and, and hopefully I've been having my guys running through the curriculum and he's going to kind of test my guys and see where we're at. And if everything goes good by 2019, you're, you're looking at the head instructor for 10th line of Bangkok, you know? So yeah, look for that opening. It's going to be over at elite training center. So it's going to be sick, man. I, I'm excited, you know? From, from being like a 10th planet Ronin, from like just reading his book and practicing on the open mat on the sides to, to finally uh, racing a 10th planet Bangkok banner. That, you know, it's a dream come true, man. So I'm, I'm excited, excited to bring that to Asia. You're still waiting to get signed by another promotion. Until that happens, how are you gonna stay busy? What are you gonna be doing? You know, like this last year, man, I had to find ways to stay busy if I wasn't fighting to still stay relevant in the, the Asian fight scene. But if, if I can't, you know, uh, with these new, new Muay Thai skill sets, I think I want to keep sharpening them up. So I think I'm going to take a few Muay Thai fights if, if no MMA fights come up and um, really, really start um, competing seriously in jujitsu here. Uh, like I told you, I want to try and get my black belt in gi. And I've been, I picked up the gi again and been studying it. And, um, you know, I, I just want to show that I'm an active Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitor here in Asia. You know, now we have ADCC trials here. We have, like, the um, PAN games. We have, like, all IBJF has major tournaments here. So I just want to compete at all these high-level tournaments and, and establish myself not only as a top MMA fighter, but a top grappler. So I, one way or another, man, I'm going to stay busy and I'm going to stay active. So if I can't, if I can't fight in a cage, 
then I'm going to be wrestling on the mats or I'm going to be, be doing some Muay Thai in the ring. But I'm going to find a way to stay active. Always, always do. All right, Javier, man. Thank you for your time. You know, I hope Hell you yeah. land somewhere really soon. You know, there's always people pulling out of fights. Be ready. And uh, maybe we'll see you sooner than later. Yeah, man. Like I said, any organization out there, if you guys are looking for an exciting fighter, guy who puts on a show, I get people to watch. I move the needle, you know. Um, I'm always ready. You know, it, you let me know on a two weeks notice, I can make a cut to welterweight, no problem, you know. So, it, like I said, it, foreigners need fights too out here, you know. So, <laughs> so you, you give your homeboy a shot, man. All right, man. All right, brother.